Have I been talking about Rogers that much? Is this something that I've been doing? To- was always the ice cream truck coming to town. I run inside, Mom. Can I get some money? I want to get ice cream. Ice cream. The good humor. What the heck's going on in Champaign, Illinois with Brett Bielema? They, they have a real shot to get to. He's got it. In the Big Ten Championship. He's in Champaign. <laughs> rush the And now, broadcasting live and local from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks, the great Mambino, and Eric Fry. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in, uh, welcome in to Two at Tuesday edition of the starting lineup. Must have got some mix-up across the wires cross somewhere. And they hailed the victors there. Was somehow we played another victory song uh, right there. Some that we won't hear after a national championship. But that's neither here nor there. Let's not start off uh, the show uh, that way. We'll be talking about uh, the uh, Fighting Illini uh, coming up mm-hmm. uh, soon enough. Their uh, loss there on a Friday against uh, Purdue. And we'll also be hitting up on uh, that uh, national championship game uh, from uh, last night in the world of college football. It's over. After a long season, it is now we wait seven months until the next college football game. So, uh, and of course, I got here way too early. Top 25 as well. One of my favorite things oh, to look at. They come out with it as soon as the confetti starts Where's to fall. Ah, uh, they must not have made the list. They must be oh. at 26. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, that must be say, where they too are. Bad we don't have the top 125. Yeah, maybe we, you'd see the we might make that list. Maybe you'd see. Uh, yeah, I have maybe. a better shot of making that one. Yeah, yeah, we have a better shot. Uh, yeah, let's just focus on the college basketball. Oh, for, really? For now. You want to focus on that, Travis? We only moved down a spot. That's still not in the top I'm ten. About, but we'll, we'll talk We're still about in the top that. ten. We'll talk about what made the front page of ESPN yesterday, right before the college uh, college football game. Yes, that wasn't. Uh, well, welcome in to the uh, starting lineup. By the way, Travis Sparks, Eric Fry here, and uh, we're here for the next hour on ESPN Radio, and as well as the college athletics, we'll speak on. We'll also hit up on uh, some uh, local sports, uh, some local high school basketball. That happened there last night in a girls' basketball. And there was, uh, Dietrich was in action in a boys' basketball as well that we'll hit up on. And we'll take a look at the schedule for uh, this evening. A couple games on our airwaves here tonight. So we'll hit up on that as well as we'll hit up on a Samora basketball as well. We'll take a peek at the rest of a college basketball, not just the Illini stuff, but as well as uh, the NBA as well that we'll hit up on as well and uh, whatever we don't get to here in the treasure show we get to in the podcast in some form or fashion and uh, we got a recap pick them at some point as well the national championship that we picked yep. there last night yep. so 
uh, we'll be hitting upon that a little bit later on. Of course, the startup lineup would not be possible without the folks from McMahon Meats, Tingley Insurance Agency, Worth Computer Repair, and Tatopolis State Bank. All right, so we got a lot to dive into here today on this Tuesday edition, the Illini Therapy Session coming up in a few. But right now, we got to kick off the show what we call First Things First. Before we get into the show, First things first. And, of course, we're starting off in College of Football. We're starting off with the National Championship that took place there last night in Houston. And it was hail to the victors all night long there in Houston as it was Michigan. They are on top of the college football world. If you know a Michigan fan, they'll never shut up about it. But, hey. They get to brag because they're the uh, national champions, and uh, they destroyed Washington last night. Was it Georgia over TCU from a year ago? Not really, but uh, there was a couple points in the game where Washington uh, could have took advantage of some things, I, particularly that one. I think it was in the third or fourth quarter where they hit a deep pass, but then it got called back due to a holding penalty, and it's like, uh, well, that's just the night that Washington had uh, there last night. And it's Michigan who is the uh, national champions of college football for 2023-2024. So the Wolverines are national champions. Uh, all right, so first let's let's talk about the game, and then we'll talk about the significance of, of this Michigan win. It was all about the rushing attack, Travis, for Michigan last night. 301 yards total in rushing yeah that's just incredible um right yeah and mainly you know everyone comes into the game of course you're focusing on blake quorum but he didn't do the damage there in the first half or the first quarter no really in particular donovan edwards who picked up a lot of those yards in the first quarter and a couple of touchdowns yards in the first quarter (laughs) yeah most teams are happy to have 174 yards in a game rushing Mm -hmm. they hit in the first quarter 153 of those yards were before contact. Mm, Yeah. That means the blocking was incredible. It was. And it didn't matter how many guys Washington put in the box. Mm -hmm. They averaged 5.1 yards against boxes of seven or more Huskies, including three touchdowns. Mm -hmm. The Wolverines had six plays of 20 yards. They had four plays of 35-plus yards in the first quarter alone, the most such plays in the opening quarter of a college football playoff finals. Yeah. And Michigan's three rushes of 40-plus yards in the first quarter were more than all other teams combined in the history of the college football playoff finals. Right. Yeah. Just rain it down their throats. Yeah. In the first quarter, basically. Uh, Edwards became the first player ever with multiple rushing touchdowns of 40-plus yards in a BCS or college football playoff title game. Mm -hmm. And he's only a junior, by the way. Yeah. So, he has a knack, though, for huge performances in big games. He was the last Michigan player with two rushing touchdowns of 40-plus yards in a single game, having done so in 2022 at Ohio State. Hmm. So, Michigan had the second most 
yards per rush in a title game behind just that Texas uh, team in the 06 Rose Bowl had more. And the defense also limited Phoenix. He went three for 16 for 71 yards with two interceptions on passes for 10-plus yards downfield. This is the worst completion percentage, fewest yards, and most interceptions on such passes in a game this season. Yeah, that one late in the fourth quarter kind of sealed it with a big run back there for Michigan, and then uh, Corum ended up punching it in mm-hmm. uh, there when the offense took over when he was tackled inside like the 10-yard line. Um, yeah, he did not have a, a good game at all, and I don't know if he hurt his draft stock, uh, but he could have definitely improved it with a big yep. win, uh, but uh, definitely it took a hit uh, there uh, last night, and uh, yeah, it just didn't look like the team that beat uh, Texas uh, a week ago mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So I uh, just couldn't get anything going uh, there all night. And he did have 255 yards, but those two yep. picks yep. Uh, were pretty bad there as well. Uh, a modest game for the uh, other side, J.J. McCarthy. But, hey, when you rush for a team rushes for th- over 300 yards, you don't really need an outstanding quarterback performance. You just need to manage the game uh, like you did. And, mm-hmm. hey, he's, uh, he's a national champion, so that's more than we can say. And Blake Corm Travis, with his game last night, scored a rushing touchdown in all 15 games this season. Wow. Had 27 on the, on the year. Hmm. And J.J. McCarthy? 27-1 in his career as Michigan starter, breaking a tie with Jameis Winston for the third-best record by a starting QB in FBS history. Yeah, how about that? That's nice. 27-1. and one. Yep, and the Pac-12 still has not won a title and will not win a title. Haven't won it since 04. That title mm. was later vacated. They lost in 05, 2010, 2014, and now this year. So. Yep. Pac-12 coming up short again in short the again. final season. Yep. They couldn't pull out the victory nope. for the final year of the Pac-12. So let's let's talk a little bit uh, broad, just just a little bit on this this game, this Michigan team, Travis. Mm-hmm. So first of all, how fitting is it that in the final iteration of the four-team playoff era, we had a Big Ten team beating a Pac-12 team that's how we kicked off the four-team playoff era with hmm. Ohio State beating yeah. Oregon. So Big Ten over Pac-12 hmm. bookends nice. the four-team playoff. Nice. I like that. Uh, Michigan's sixth team in major college football history. Go 15-0. We're better in a season. Hmm. They also set the Big Ten record for most wins in a season. Yep. This is Michigan's third title in the AP poll era. First since 97 when they split it with Nebraska. Mm-hmm. But the last time the Wolverines won an outright national title, was all the way back in 1948. Hmm. Here's wow. some of the things that happened back in 1948, because you know I love history. Mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh's father, Jack, was nine years old. <laughs> wow. The average price of a gallon of gas was a whopping 26 cents. Ah, the good days there. ESPN's sister network, ABC, began broadcasting on TV. Mm. And the Big Ten Conference yep. only had nine members. Ah, the Big Ten with nine teams. Yeah, now we complain about it having too many. <laughs> yeah. The 74 years between outright titles is the most in the AP poll era. And Michigan, when you look at it, Travis, they were the most dominant team in football this year. Won 11 games by 20-plus points, tying 2019 Ohio State for the most in a season by a Big Ten school. Allowed 10.4 points per game this season, the fewest in a season by a Big Ten team since Michigan in 97. They led at halftime of every game. 
becoming the first national champion to do so since Miami in 01. And we know how good that Miami 01 team was. Right. Yeah. And they trailed for just 41 minutes and 43 seconds the entire season. Mm-hmm. That is super impressive. Yeah. Let's talk about Harbaugh. Because yeah. you can't tell this story without Harbaugh. No, you can't. Through the first six seasons under Harbaugh, Michigan was winless against Ohio State and had zero Big Ten titles. Yep, exactly. Since then, the Wolverines are undefeated against the Buckeyes and have made three straight playoff appearances. Yep. And now won a title. Mm-hmm. Um, Harbaugh completed just his 13th season as a college football head coach. The last coach to win his first title this late into his career was Mack Brown in 05. Mm. And it must be a family thing, Travis. His dad, Jack, won the FCS National Championship with Western Kentucky in 02. Brother John won the Super Bowl with the Ravens. And now Jim won the National Championship with Michigan. But I do want to point out, Travis, a Mm. couple of things. The last head coach to leave his school right after winning a national title was Nebraska's Tom Osborne, who retired after the 97 season. Mm. And additionally, the last time a school won 14-plus games in a season and changed head coaches for the next season was Yale from 1894 to 1895. Yale won 16 games in 1894 with William C. Rhodes and then changed to John A. Hartwell. If Harbaugh leaves for the NFL, he'll look to join Pete Carroll, Barry Switzer, and Jimmy Johnson as the only coaches to win a national championship and a Super Bowl. Two of those did those with the Cowboys, I'm just saying. Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. You know, and could it be, be another one? <sighs> Potentially if they lose to the Packers. Oh, Travis, don't, don't be throwing those things out there. No, no. I don't think we have to worry about that because, look, you know, what uh, Coach Harbaugh has done a family affair there last night, of course. Uh, his dad, uh, Jack, was yep. there even on the podium yep. uh, there seeing who has it better than us, which he said at San Francisco uh, as well. Nice to be original uh, there, Coach. But, uh, you know, uh, John was there, and he uh, surprised him there, a nice uh, brotherly moment uh, there before kickoff on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, there could we potentially see a John in a, a Super Bowl with the Ravens? He also had their defensive coordinator was there uh, last night as well. So a family affair there for the Harbaugh's. Uh, there, even though the season hadn't been quite smooth sailing there for Michigan, of course they were entangled in that sign and stealing scandal. And uh, Coach Harbaugh was suspended yep. three games for that. Season. And he was also suspended at the beginning of the yep. season uh, for those uh, COVID uh, rules that he broke uh, mm-hmm. there with Hamburger Gate, I guess you would call it, in yep. Michigan. But it's all roses there for the Wolverines. It doesn't matter uh, because they won it all. Yep. And I guess that's all, all that matters. Yep. Uh, there for Michigan. I also love how the Pistons wanted to congratulate them because, you know, <laughs> they know nothing about winning titles. Hey. So it's the closest they can exactly. get. Exactly. They'll take it. The closest it. they can get. So. <laughs> They'll take it rubbing success anywhere. Yep. Anywhere yep. they can get it. Yep. <laughs> so. Would you want Howard, by the way? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's about to be fired. You're like, yeah, congrats to our Michigan, our Michigan football coach Harbaugh, his coaching staff, and all the sports staff. We are so damn proud of them. That's right. With the bicep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's 
not doing anything with the basketball program. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Let's just keep talking about this national championship that our football team won. Let's not uh, talk about how bad the basketball team is. Gave him a shout out, which I don't know why. He didn't go to Michigan, did he? No, he didn't even go to college. I didn't think so. That's why I was confused. <laughs> it's a, there's a picture of Kevin Garnett with a Michigan shirt on. And I'm like, he didn't play at Michigan. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He played in Minnesota. Does he not know what M team he played for? I mean, maybe he was good friends with uh, Fab Five. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's KG. Who knows? He's... I saw there was uh, some uh, celebs out there yep. last night hanging out in the booth with Stephen A. Smith, bumping elbows with Derek Jeter. Of course, he went to Michigan. Uh, Michael Jordan, who did not go to Michigan, but of course, his uh, Jordan brand logo yep. Yep. was all over the place. Is a Jordan brand university. Yep. There is a Michigan, and they're on top of the college football world. And yay, Big Ten, I guess. It's. Michigan, but let's not have too much conference pride. I think that's kind of a little ridiculous, a little bit. But, uh, yay, Michigan. Congratulations, I guess. Sure. Mm. I mean, anyone but, but. Yeah, here they are. I mean, at least it's not Ohio State. Yeah. But, hey, Michigan uh, Michigan got it done uh, there last night in their national champs. We'll see uh, where uh, Coach Harbaugh, what his future holds. He was kind of mull about it before the game. And after the game, uh, he was talking more about him potentially getting a 15-0 tattoo uh, more than his uh, future of where he could potentially stay there at Michigan and sign a big, huge contract to stay in college or, of course, what everyone is anticipating, jump to the NFL. And what I'll say to that is, Coach Harbaugh, you finished the story there at Michigan. You came home. You won it for your alma mater. And you got the national championship. And now you need to complete the story in another place that you called home. And that was the city of Chicago as he was the quarterback of the Bears from 87 to 93 after he went to Michigan, so it's time to come home, Coach Harbaugh, and finish the story in Chicago. Now, Travis, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. Why? Because as I said yesterday, if Harbaugh comes in, I think Justin Fields is gone. Not necessarily. I think so. I think he'd want to have his own quarterback. And I'm not saying CJ. That's not what I'm saying. He'd want to pick the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And what if he picks Justin? I don't think he would. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's a. I don't think it's a guarantee that if he comes in, that Fields would be gone. I think it's a guarantee. Yeah, but that's me. I'm hoping for both. Keep hoping. <laughs> Holding out hope. You know what they say about hope? You have it in one hand and something else in the other. Yeah. I don't know if I am familiar with that. You'll have to tell right, me I'll about tell you that off the air because <laughs> it sounds like one of those awful air comments yeah. uh, there. <laughs> All right, so uh, we move along. Congratulations to Michigan, I guess, for winning the uh, national championship game. And I almost forgot one of my favorite things in the whole world of all the confetti told a story, according to Coach Harbaugh, 
but when that confetti was falling, they made the way too early top 25 for college football. And uh, yes, Illinois did not make the list right. for top 25, but Iowa did. Hmm. They're number 25 right now. Uh, Jayhawks there at 23, Kansas State with 21, uh, Clemson ranked number 19, uh, Tennessee ranked 17, and uh, Florida State, they ended up 6th or tied for 6th in the final top 25 poll, but in the way too early top 25 poll, they're number 16 mm. right now, expected to lose a slew of Seminoles uh, there, including uh, Jordan Travis uh, there, but they are uh, adding that uh, quarterback that was at uh, Clemson a long time ago. Uh, I don't. I forgot where he went to college after that, but uh, they are expecting him to transfer in. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Uh, Oklahoma is at number 15. LSU at 14. Uh, Penn State opens at a 12. Uh, the runner-up Washington uh, there are ranked 11 right now, and they open up uh, betting odds 60 to one or 50 to one to win the Natty next year. Notre Dame cracks the top 10. Uh, Arizona is number 9. What is this? Uh, a basketball poll? Missouri at 8. Yep. Uh, Old Miss at a 7. Michigan, the reigning defending national champions. Nope, that good for 6th uh, because of everything they're expected to uh, lose uh, there. They do have some transfers uh, coming in, but uh, their rivals, Ohio State, is right in front of them at 5. Alabama at a number four. They're also expected to lose a lot of people, but a machine replacing there. Uh, Oregon, and they open at number three. Uh, Texas is at number two. And number one is Georgia in the way too early. Top 25 poll for 2024. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, they're expected to lose a, a lot of people, but, of course, they're a machine as well, and they just uh, pump out. Yep. Uh, football players are there so i would expect they would be highly ranked uh there so that is uh, concludes uh, college football uh, see you later as we uh, wait a uh, seven months for your return uh and it'll be here before we know it in august uh, there all right, so we turn the page to a local sports, and we take a look at the schedule from last night, and we get you set for the schedule for this evening. Coming up next here on the starting lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. You can't see the future, but you can prepare for it. With the universal life policy from Pekin Life Insurance Company, you'll have guaranteed death benefit protection with the potential to build significant cash value for later years. Request a free quote for Universal Life Insurance at PekinInsurance.com and in Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. The Cromwell Media Group of Illinois operated radio stations WCRC, WCRA, WHQQ, WJKG, and 96.3 Classic Rock is an equal opportunity employer dedicated to providing broad outreach regarding job vacancies. We seek the help of local organizations in referring qualified applicants to our stations. Organizations that wish to receive our vacancy information should contact Cindy Hansen, EEO Manager, at 217-428-4487. That's 217-428-4487. It's an epic crisis. Fox News reports. Border agents are calling this the worst they've ever seen. CNN says. 
A dramatic increase. Hundreds of migrants almost constantly arriving in waves. NBC News calls it a growing humanitarian crisis at the southern border. News Nation. Not slowing down the surge of people walking in on foot and agents' resources are being stretched thin. There's not enough people. There's no manpower. And our congressman, Mike Bost, is fighting to solve the crisis. Mike Bost backed the Secure the Border Act, which would hire more agents to secure our borders. More boots on the ground with more resources to keep us safe. It will end the catch and release policy, which created a revolving door for illegal immigrants to keep crossing into America and finally completing the border wall that President Trump started. Conservative leader Mike Bost gets results. Paid for by official funds authorized by the House of Representatives. At Lowe's, save big every day when you buy in bulk. Get 10% off select concrete mix when you buy one pallet or more. And there's more. Get 15% off select primed finger joint boards when you buy 10 or more. Visit us in-store or online for low prices on the materials you need. Because Lowe's knows savings. Lowe's knows pros. Selection varies by location. While supplies last, discount taken at time of purchase. See sales associate for details. You've heard the buzz about IT jobs and cybersecurity and AI, right? Why not prepare for a career in these fields and take advantage of the high demand? You could enjoy a more rewarding and recession-resistant lifestyle. Train in just a few short months at My Computer Career. No experience necessary. Already in IT? Skill up for positions employers need to fill. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Financial aid is available for qualified students, including the GI Bill. And now, mm-hmm. but that is when ESPN News should be utilized. Yeah, not cornhole. The starting lineup. It's pretty. Bags. It's pretty awesome. Sorry, bags. Yeah, which is it? Is it bags or cornhole? Playing. I think. Yeah, I I always go bags. I always say that. On ninety-eight nine, the game. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game, ESPN Radio. Let's take a look at uh, some uh, local sports here that happened uh, last night. And uh, let's just uh, go down the list uh, here that we have them on our website. It was uh, first, it was a Civic Memorial getting the win over Tatopolis. And this one was a, a 43 to a 26 final score there in Tatopolis last night. Uh, as it was uh, Bethalto leading uh, 9-6 to after one, and then they also had the same score uh, there in the uh, second quarter as well, outscoring them 9-6, to and then uh, really took control there in the third at Bethalto, 12-5. to They outscored the uh, shoes there. It looks like uh, Chloe Probst led the way for T-Town, and she had uh, 10 points in uh, the uh, loss there for the shoes uh, there. Uh, and in the uh, NTC uh, teams involved here and a game that you heard over on uh, Jack FM and uh, Eric had coverage of this one uh, there last night in Marshall as it was Altamont victorious over the Alliance 68-41 a little bit of a slow start there for Altamont uh, but hey they eventually uh, turned it around 
and uh, came away with the win. Yeah, uh, slow slow start, and uh, you know it was. Uh, I could tell from Coach Carr that he was getting upset not with the girls but with the officials, and it was just lack of consistency in 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 calls. And both coaches were getting upset with that, and that kind of messed with the flow of the game in that first quarter and really throughout the first half. It wasn't until the second quarter and really the third quarter, Altamont pulled away by forcing turnovers on defense. Ended up forcing twenty six turnovers on the night. So. Once they kind of got that going, and when you start doing that, you get the transition baskets with Grace Nelson, and Lurkins had a big night as well, being in double figures. Uh, it was it ended up being all right, but after that first quarter, it was a little concerning. Uh, Grace came out, and I think it was like 0 for 3 or 0 for 4 uh, in her first four shots in that first quarter, and it mm-hmm. you started going, what's happening here? Um, not a case of, you know, just – maybe possibly looking past Marshall a little bit is what I was thinking in that first quarter because of the fact of you got the big Brownstown-St. Elmo match on Thursday and then the huge one on Saturday against Tuscola before mm-hmm. you start the conference tournament and you're the one seed. And I talked to Coach Carr about that, about, you know, and he said it himself. He's like, we're going to get every team's best effort every night. Yeah, no I doubt. think also, and Coach admitted that it's probably starting to become a factor is fatigue. I mean, the girls played Thursday, they played Saturday, they played Monday, they're playing Thursday again, playing Saturday again, then they're playing next Tuesday. So he's yeah. like, they need to go home, they need to rest, they need to rest properly. Like, he's like, it's, it's you know, this time of year, everyone is dealing with it. Mm-hmm. But again, when you're facing every team's best every night, it wears on you a little bit more. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think uh, it took, you know, I, I like to equate it to a, a boxing match. Uh, and in that first quarter, Travis Altamont got popped in the mouth, kind of went, whoa, okay, we're here now. Yeah. And came back and responded to the rest of the game. So uh, a good end of the game. That first quarter was just a little iffy for Altamont. But once they kind of got woken up, it was like waking a sleeping giant, and they just destroyed yeah. the rest of the game. 24 points there in the second quarter yep. for the Indians, and then uh, they also got 26 in the third yep. As well, and uh, uh, Nelson had 31 in the game. Uh, Lurkins ended up with 16 yep. uh, there for uh, the Indians. And uh, Peyton Osteen was right there. She had nine in the game as well uh, there. So Altamonte continues uh, their winning streak. They're now a 17-2 and in 15 games in a row win streak. that They got a big one coming up on a Thursday they're at Brownstown mm-hmm. uh, for conference purposes there. Uh, elsewhere in the ATC uh, with uh, teams involved here, St. Anthony, they picked up the win over uh, Salem. Uh, 78 to uh, 35 was the uh, final and a big night uh, there at the Inlow Center because it was uh, Stacy Vonderheide's uh, night to shine as uh, St. Anthony. 32 points in the opening quarter, uh, and Vonderheide was on the verge of her 1,000th point in her career, and it looks like uh, St. Anthony was trying to get that in the first quarter there, putting up 32 and also 21 in the second, but uh, Stacy finally got it in the third quarter there, about 2.49 uh, to go in the third quarter for her 1,000th point, so uh, congratulations uh, yes. to her for that accomplishment. Uh, 35 in the game. Uh, to lead the way for uh, Sene for Vonderheide and also uh, Nate Ruhal with a 23 added there to the victory uh, there. But it was kind of all about uh, Vonderheide uh, there in her 1,000th point uh, last night. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it was a South Central with the win over Vandalia, 63-37. to a 37. South Central had a good right out of the gates, doubled them up there in the opening quarter, and they just continued to ride that. Uh, there to the win, uh, Webster, a big night for her. She had a 26. Uh, Johnson, she had 12. And uh, Caitlin Swift with 11. The double-figure scores there for South Central. Uh, Lupton and Whitehead, both in double figures for Vandalia. 14 for Lupton and Whitehead had 11 there in the loss. It was uh, Windsor's two straws with a, a nice win over Dietrich. And uh, that one was a... Uh, 49 to 37 of final score. Close game there in the opening quarter. 15 to four. D- or Windsor had the lead, but then outscored the Maroons 14 to three there in that second quarter to take the lead there at halftime. Dietrich did come back to him there in the third quarter, but ultimately uh, Windsor with a strong fourth quarter closes out uh, there, and it looks like uh, Hayes led the way as she had a 14 in the game uh, there and it was also Kinkler with 14 as well uh, for the Hatchets uh, there uh, last night and it also uh, looks like uh, for uh, Dietrich uh, they were led by uh, Britain she had 11 uh, Tegler she had 8 in the loss uh, there so uh, Windsor with a, a win there, and it was Cowden over North Clay, 55-48, to uh, 48, as North Clay actually had the lead at halftime, uh, but uh, Cowden wins the second half. They outscore North Clay 13-6, and then 21-14 in the fourth quarter to uh, win uh, that one. It was uh, Rodman uh, leading the way for uh, Cowden. Uh, she had a 22 in the game, and uh, Stuckemeyer also had a 15 in the contest. As well, and it looks like in North Clay, they were led by uh, Van Dyke. Uh, she had 15, and Price had 13, and Ballard had 12 in the loss. Uh, Therefore, the uh, Cardinals. It was uh, Nioga with the win over Pena, 61 to uh, 31. And uh, that one has Nioga. Uh, they got off to a good start, 19 to 4. Lead after one, and they kind of built that up throughout the entire game. Uh, there, it looks like a Campbell, she had 24 to lead the way for the Indians. And uh, Richards, uh, she had 19 in the win as well. And uh, speaking of uh, Brownstown, as uh, they picked up the uh, win over Wayne City uh, last night, a 64 to a 25 big first quarter for the Bombers, 29 to 2. They outscored Wayne City. They're in the opening quarter, and they obviously rode out uh, to the win. Diana Hazlitt led the way for Brownstown as she had a 22, and it looks like a Seaball had a 13 in the win uh, there. So uh, Brownstown, Altamont uh, should be a good one uh, there on a Thursday yes. in uh, Brownstown, so we're looking forward to that one. It was uh, Arcola with the win over Arthur, 46-33. to Sullivan with the win over Sarah Gordo. And that one was a 57-37 final. It was a Unity Christian with a win over Villa Grove, a 32-17. And it was a Cumberland with a win over Heritage in a, a big blow out there. 66-10 was the uh, final as uh, Cumberland led 26 to nothing after the opening quarter mm. uh, there. And a 37-4 at yeah. halftime. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see here. It looks like yeah, a lot of girls in a double figures there, but it looks like it was uh, Fritz with a 12, uh, Leech with a 12 as well for the uh, Pirates. And there. that's a, a tough situation to be in, Travis, uh, in that Cumberland game because you're like, oh, man, they really put it on them. But when you only have nine girls on the team, one of your starters is always going to be on the floor. You know, a lot of times when a team gets up big, they kind of put in the JV team and everything like that. Cumberland only has nine teams on the floor mm-hmm. or nine, nine girls dressed. So you're always going to have one of your starters on the floor. Right. So uh, that's a, a tough situation for all involved there in that game. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, you can, you're just not going to not score. Right. Right. Why not? You, you can't just hold on to the ball for all eight minutes. In those cases like that, yeah. 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 So, uh, and then also in the uh, little line, it was Mount Carmel with a, a narrow victory here over Newton. It was a 40 to a 38 final score. As this was a close game uh, throughout, it was Newton with the lead after one quarter. And then they actually uh, outscored Mount Carmel 16 to 11 there in the third, but Mount Carmel wins it in the fourth. They double up Newton 12 to 6 there to pull off the win. Uh, Randall led the way for the Aces. She had 20 over for a new new as a camera Martin with a 13, the only double figure score uh, there for the Eagles. Uh, Kessler uh, was close to the double figure. She had nine in the loss there, but Mount Carmel takes that one. Uh, it was a Robinson over Lawrenceville, 61 to 44. Alney with the win over Casey Westfield, 35 to 31. Mount Pulaski with the win over Warrensburg Latham, 55 to 41. And it was North Mac defeating Lincolnwood, 39 to 26 was the final score there. And we had a one game in a boys basketball round in the area last night. It was Dietrich with the win over Potoka, 69-46. Dietrich jumped on him early, 17-10, outscored him in the first quarter. Also a 19-7 there in the second, and they rode that to the win. Uh, Lucas Wessendorf led the way for Dietrich. He had 19 points in the game, and also the junior uh, clips the 1,000th point mark in his high school career uh, there as well. So congratulations to uh, Wessendorf for that. Uh, Keck also had a 17, and Gephardt had 16 there for the victorious Maroons. Uh, Kane had 18 in the loss there for Potoka mm-hmm. uh, there. Uh, in action uh, for uh, tonight, uh, the schedule looks like this. Uh, St. Joe Ogden is at the topless. And in the NTC, uh, we have some uh, conference clashes here. St. Anthony makes the trip to Nioga. Winds Two Straws is out South Central. And uh, some uh, non-conference games with NTC teams involved. Martinsville is at Cowden-Herrick Beecher City. And uh, Central A&M is making the trip to Altamont tonight. And, of course, have that coverage over on uh, Jack FM uh, there. And Raiders versus Indians uh, tonight. And, Altamont trying to build on uh, momentum, trying to get a win streak uh, going on uh, here and keep that going uh, that they have for the uh, for the Indians yep. tonight. Yep. They're against uh, Central A&M. Elsewhere, we have uh, FEM making the trip to uh, Newton, and uh, Charleston gets a tough draw against uh, Centralia. Centralia, a pretty tough squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are the Orphans. On uh, the LPC, you got Villa Grove at Blue Ridge. Argenta is at Arthur. Unity Christian is at Oka Valley. Sullivan hosting is Saracordo. And Heritage is at Tri-County. 
And we also have the uh, Purple Riders making the uh, trip to uh, Cumberland tonight as it's Arcola at uh, Cumberland. And Eric's got coverage over there on WCRA yep. tonight. Looking forward to that one. Pirates versus Purple Riders. Yeah, Cumberland trying tonight. to keep their momentum after the big win on uh, Friday night over mm-hmm. Tri-County. Yep. Uh, elsewhere, we got uh, Fairfield at Olney. Shelbyville is at Marshall. Uh, we got Tuscola at Tolona Unity, Pena hosting Macon Meridian, Clinton at Monticello, uh, Columbia is at Vandalia, uh, Gillespie's at South County, Pathalto Civic Memorials at Staunton, Piasol hosting Jerseyville, Lincolnwood at North Mac, Litchfield at East Aldenwood River. Also have some in girls basketball tonight. Uh, Dietrich is at OPH, Martinsville at Windsor's Two Straws, Apollo uh, tonight, FEM hosting Taylorville, Mount Zion at Charleston, and Mattoon is at Muhammad. Uh, Christman is at Villa Grove, Sarah Gordo hosting Tuscola, Leroy at Clinton, and we also got Stun at Carrollton, Piasol at Ramsey, and Pawnee at North Mac tonight as well. We'll have all of the results up on the website, femradio.com, a little bit later on, or tomorrow morning is more like it. Uh, there, but you can check it out on our website by clicking on our local sports tab over there. All right, uh, so uh, coming up next, uh, we'll be talking about uh, some uh, college basketball, and we'll have our Illini therapy session uh, coming up after their loss against uh, Purdue on a Friday. And that's coming up next here on the starting lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. This is Lucas Kroenig with a message from the FNM Fire Department. As a firefighter, I've witnessed the devastating consequences of vehicle accidents. Let's stay focused. Distracted driving kills. Keep your eyes on the road and off your phone. Buckle up. Seatbelts save lives. It's a simple action that can prevent serious injuries. Also, let's protect our little ones. Use proper car seats for children to ensure their safety. And always check the back seat. Don't forget about loved ones or pets before leaving the car. Let's prioritize car safety. Together, we can save lives. Say goodbye to busy signals, long hold times, and missed calls. This is Cleet Behrman at Crossroads Truck Equipment. Now you can text us with a question, order a part, even send us a picture of the part you need. You don't need any special equipment, and you can text us from any smartphone. It's faster and more efficient than calling. So supercharge your communication with us. Move to the front of the line for parts and service by texting Crossroads Truck Equipment 217-347-0456. Football is back, and NFL Plus has you covered. Get NFL Plus, and you'll never miss a moment of live football action this season with live local and primetime games on mobile, NFL Network, NFL Red Zone, live game audio, and more all in one place. That's right. This season, get NFL Red Zone and NFL Plus Premium so you never miss a touchdown. That's every touchdown from every game every Sunday during the regular season across devices. Sign up today at plus.nfl.com. Terms and conditions apply. Isn't that aroma just heavenly? What's with the whispering? Inside this grill is the secret to winning game days. Mmm. Eckridge Smoke Sausage, crafted with a perfect medley of spices for a truly rich, savory taste. So easy to prepare, too. Now hand me one of those buns. Whoa, whoa. Keep your voice down. Marty, you're still whispering? Secrets out, buddy. Eckridge.com has dozens of simple, mouth-watering recipes for everyone to win game days this season. And now... Travis Sparks with the Aurora Sports Center update, and I'm kind of doing this on the fly because Eric's script is not pulling up, but 
Eastern Illinois shortstop Trey Sweeney was named the Ohio Valley Conference Baseball Player of the Year. The starting lineup. Holy cow, what a terrible sports scenario that was. I don't blame you. I blame me. On 98.9 The Game. Eric Bryan, Sports Center Update. St. Louis Blues go for their third win in a row when they host the Florida Panthers at Enterprise Center tonight. Blues are coming off a 2-1 win in a shootout against Carolina last Saturday. The Blues are 20-17-1. Tonight's game begins at 7 o'clock. St. Louis Cardinals, Travis, are making a hiring to their front office. They hired former Red Sox Chief Baseball Officer Chaim Bloom yesterday. Bloom became Boston's roster builder before the 2020 season, and the team made the playoffs just once in his four seasons at the helm before he was fired last September. He will also be a special advisor to president of baseball operations, John Moselak. The Bulls earned their second one, while Andre Drummond logged a double-double, 21 points and 15 rebounds. Busevich tallied one of his own off the bench with 21 points and 10 rebounds. As Chicago improved to 17 and 21, they host Houston tomorrow night. Chicago Blackhawks try to get a winning streak going when they host the Edmonton Oilers at the United Center tonight. Chicago currently 12, 26, and 2 on the season. Tonight's game starts at 7.30 p.m. Notre Dame fighting Irish aim to avoid a third straight loss when they visit Georgia Tech tonight. Irish coming off a 67-59 loss against number 11 Duke on Saturday. And in other college basketball action tonight, DePaul will host number 20 Great Loyola Welcome to Richmond. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup. Travis Sparks here, Eric Fry over there with the uh, Sports Center hits. Yep. Don't get me started about the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, why is that, Travis? Oh. You mean it was what? You mean maybe what Mr. DeWitt came out and said yesterday? Ah, uh, yeah, it might that, have had that, something. Oh, don't worry, we'll talk about it in the something pod. Something to do with that. We'll talk about it in the pod. I would rather not ruin. I got more baseball to talk about. I would rather not ruin my pod. Both of our organizations are inept organizations. We have reportedly made offers to four people, Travis. Reportedly. Maybe. Reportedly. Maybe. Hmm. At least while while you're trying. Well, hey, and and we have to talk about um, baseball coming up in the pod because a former pitcher of yours, Travis, is getting a pretty sweet deal that I think he'd be crazy to turn down. Tell you more about that coming mm. up in the podcast. All right, download the uh, pod wherever you find your favorite pods. And uh, all right, here we go. Yep. Uh, you heard it here on a 98.9 on a Friday night as it was that a big uh, top 10 matchup uh, there. It was uh, Purdue, a number one team in the country, and uh, the Illini matching up at Mackey uh, there. And it was the uh, first uh, top 10 uh, matchup at Mackey since 2010, wow. January 1st. Uh, there, Boilermakers ended up picking up the win, proving to a 14 and one. Trey Kaufman Wren had Ooh. a breakout performance. Exactly, the sophomore had a 23 in the game to uh, hold off a comeback. Hey, uh, Purdue did have a 20 point lead at one point in the mm-hmm. game, but the Illini tried to make a game of it there late. And almost fooled around and came back, uh, but uh, it came up a little bit short there on on Friday. And seems to be a common occurrence uh, here with Illinois of coming up short in these big moments. Now, Travis, I will say this: minus the rebounds, because Illinois just got absolutely destroyed on the boards, and it was Zach Eady. 
Of course, yeah. You know, he had 15 rebounds. They out-rebounded Illinois 43-28. to But I thought they did a good job limiting him point-wise. He all only right. took five shots all game. Now, he made all five. Yeah. But he only had 10 points. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, a tough draw. It is. Uh, there for anyone. I mean, had 23. And, Travis, I'm going to bring it up again. I'm going to keep bringing it up until someone proves me otherwise. This Illinois bench is nothing. Yeah, we're a little limited right now with uh, injuries. We are. And and I know that's part of it. I know it's injuries. I, I understand that. But you can't get five points from your bench. I mean, well, you only had three guys come off the bench. I know. So That's the problem. Yeah. And two of them played less than ten minutes. Mm-hmm. So you got guys who are out there for a long, long right. time. Yeah, that is something that we uh, struggle with uh, right now is uh, depth. Yeah. Uh, for sure. We just don't have it right now for no. whatever myriad of reasons, and you hope that those get straightened out by the time you start talking tournament. Mm-hmm. But for right now, there is no depth. Yeah. And if one of those, you know, starting five gets either into foul trouble or is just having an awful game, you're stuck with them. Right. Yeah. You know. I will say Gruyere did a good job on the boards. He pulled down 10, had a double-double on his own, was trying to battle with Edie. Yeah. But, um, other than that, no one else had more than five rebounds on the team. So Yeah. Uh, Damascus led us in points, 26, as you kind of figured he would. He steps up in big games, yeah. as we've talked about. Um, yeah, he had another good game. Hawkins, 11 points. I mean, that's not awful, but... I, I was a little shocked by Goody's performance. I thought he played decent. Yeah, he you actually know. did. He actually shot the ball well. Yeah, 16 points, two turnovers, uh, 5 of 11, 4 of 8 from 3. Illinois as a team shot 42%. They shot 42% from 3. Um, the problem is is that Purdue shot 45% and 47% from 3. So it just uh, – I'm going to say it, Travis. You got beat by a better team on Friday. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, whether you – you like hearing that as an Illini fan or not, it's it's the truth. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we did get beat by the uh, better team. Um, like I said, we could have uh, folded up shop there and could have got blown out by 30. But instead, could've. we did just exactly what we did a, a year ago here at Mackey. We fell down early, but we made a late comeback, and uh, we ended up only losing by five. to the number one team in the country at their place and uh, without our best player. Uh, as well. Wow. So. Yes. But reinforcements may be coming. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Uh, of course, Terrence Shannon Jr. yesterday, there was uh, some developments uh, with uh, some filings there. It became became uh, public of some of the uh, details of everything that went down there. Mm-hmm. And also, he's filed a restraining order against uh, the university uh, to potentially uh, try to have immediate reinstatement. Uh, there and um, because otherwise if he had not done this uh, they're going to let the court case play out and the court case could play out months down the line so the 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 trial does not begin until june right which is after the basketball season that's what the lawsuit is saying and basically what they're saying is um illinois promised shannon that it would adhere to the presumption of innocence um but they did not apply that to suspending him. 
Um, this is according to the lawsuit again, ruining his career if he were already convicted. Shannon maintains his innocence for the record, um, but that's what they're they're talking about now. Illinois has basically said they are aware of this. We're reviewing this. Um, this is all just a bad scene. It, it, it's it's just all bad, Travis. And let's say he gets the restraining order and he gets to come back on the team. Mm-hmm. Is that good for morale? To have our best player back, yeah. To have our best player who is going through legal proceedings. And there are some uh, public details that it's a he said, she said type it, of thing. And true. there's some lack of evidence. Yes, but it's still a, a distraction. It is a little bit, yeah. From a team that doesn't need distractions. No. Because we dealt with this last year, remember? Last oh, yeah, year, but... we talked about the locker room falling apart and not knowing who the issue was and people not showing up and people not playing and it... all of a sudden people are leaving the team. It is a distraction, but I think those bad eggs are out of the locker room. So, But again, it's a distraction. Yeah, you can either use it as a distraction and to tour the team, or it could be a distraction that rallies around each other. Here's here's my thing, Travis, and you're more in tune with this than I am. Mm-hmm. What does the Orange Crush feel when he steps on that court in Champaign if he comes back? Uh, standing ovation. Really? Oh, yeah. I think so. And, uh, you know, could be later this month, the Indiana game, potentially, end of January, start of February. We'll have to see. Uh, The next time we'll see uh, the Illini in action is on a Thursday at 8 o'clock tip-off against Michigan State uh, there. We'll We'll have coverage for you. Right here on 98.9. All right, so we're, keep my mouth shut. so we're up against the clock. And uh, coming up, we'll close out with a little NBA uh, here to close out the show. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. Imagine the possibilities with Teutopolis State Bank. This is Jerry Rundy. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified... The seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk with your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank. In Teutopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. Hey, son. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm fine, Pops. What's on your mind? I just, I can't explain it. When your kid can't find the language, help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sound It Out album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at SoundItOutTogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. And now, the starting lineup. Air Tri Sports Center update. Chicago Fire FC forward a lot. Ignacio Elazdo is the MLS Player of the Week. The award follows his breakout performance against Atlanta United FC on July 3rd when he tallied two goals and an assist to lead the fire to a 3 nothing win. On 98-9, the game. 
welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9. Only here on 98.9 for just a, a smidge a bit longer. But last night in the NBA to close things out here quickly, the Bulls got to win an OT, 119-112 over the Hornets. Uh, the Pacers pulled a one out against the uh, Celtics, 133-31, despite having Terry's Halliburton leave the game. They are going to be reevaluated uh, today Not for a potential injury. Thought. Yeah. Mm, very well. Uh, the uh, Thunder, they got another uh, W. They're 24-11 on the year. They got the win over the Wizards, 136-128. to He with the uh, W over the Rockets, 120-113. The Jazz, 132-116 over the uh, Bucks, And it was the uh, Clippers victorious over the uh, Suns, 138-211 uh, there last night in a matchup of KD versus James Harden. Uh, there and it was James Harden's team who got the best of Team KD there in Phoenix. Well, it was actually in LA, but and um, also the other news that came out of the NBA last night, Travis was uh, Ja Morant's going to miss the rest yeah, of the season. Yeah, so I was just going to mention that Ja done for the season with a shoulder injury. Breaking news, Travis. Mm-hmm. On the NFL front. Yep. Coach Vrabel's been fired. Mike Vrabel gone. From Tennessee. From Tennessee. Opens him up for the opportunity to take the Patriots job. I know. Former yeah. Patriot. Absolutely. Take mm. it from Coach Belichick. Mm. Yeah. Make it happen. So. Revitalize the culture. Yep. Yep. Hmm. But, yeah, and also KD said something about Draymond's band, and I don't care anymore about either of those two people. <laughs> don't care at all. <laughs> You don't care that Draymond nope. almost retired? No, nope. don't care. Don't care coach, one bit. And uh, Commissioner Wish Silver talked him out of it. Don't believe that at all. Instead of working on myself and, and improving my I went away, improving myself, I want to retire. Yeah. I wanted to retire rather than self-improve my actions on the floor. Uh, then, uh, yes, of course, he had a lot of things to say and retort on his uh, podcast uh, later on uh. there. <laughs> Everybody just being uh, popular with uh, podcasts these days Yep. on ESPN. Yeah, you know. Uh, we still got more stuff to uh, talk about uh, there in uh, the uh, pod. We'll continue the conversation, even though maybe I don't want to, but... Uh, Baseball coming up yes. into the pod, and uh, we'll recap pick them as well. And, see and this day our, in sports history. This day in sports history, and we'll see whatever else we can come up with in the pod. But coming up next here on ESPN Radio is Carlina versus Joe. So enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in to overtime of the uh, starting lineup. Welcome into the podcast. We still got more stuff to uh, hit up on the uh, Major League of Baseball front. 
We got this date in uh, sports history. Uh, pick them to uh, recap quickly and uh, see wherever else we can uh, stumble into Baseball. here in the uh, pod, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yay for our two organizations. We have to unpack some stuff about, the, about my team, some stuff about your team. The two best-run franchises in the Again, history I'm of baseball. Again, I'm still waiting for us to make a major league signing that's not a relief pitcher on a one-year deal. Can we do something significant? I'm still waiting. Well, there's time for you, but apparently there's no more time for us. So. Well, we'll talk about that, Travis, because I know yeah, you're. Yeah, we'll talk about it. And the stay in sports history. So, let's get to uh, some uh, sports center cleaning yeah. up. Is there anything that you want to hit on? Yes, the college football playoff is an advanced talk to stay on ESPN. The network reported on Monday that both sides are in negotiations to make the four-letter as the sole rights holder for the event over the next eight years. ESPN is considering paying approximately $1.3 billion for the extension, which will begin during the 2026 season. The current 12-year contract expires in 2025. By the way, no video game announcement last night. There wasn't. I I don't know who started that rumor on social media, but we did not get such announcement. No. Fooled again. But we did get the College Football Hall of Fame class, and two of the most celebrated wide receivers of all time have been selected or set to be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Randy Moss and Larry Fitzgerald are among a group of 19 former players and three coaches that will be inducted this year. Other notable selections in the 2024 class include Warwick Dunn, Toby Gerhardt, Julius Peppers, Alex Smith, and Danny Woodhead. The rest of the class includes Justin Blackman, Paul Cameron, Tim Couch, Travis, Tim Couch. Dion Figures, Dan Hampton, Steve Hutchinson, Paul Paul, Paul Zinski, uh, Kevin Smith, and Chris Ward. Coaches select as well include Mark D'Antonio. There you go. Class will be inducted in Las Vegas in December. Mm. Um, the Giants defensive coordinator has resigned. I saw that. Bill Belichick is still under contract with the Patriots, whatever mm-hmm. that means. As you mentioned, John Morant done for the year. Um, uh, and that is all I have for the for the Sports Center bit. But I can transition Travis into um, baseball. Okay. All right. So let's let's start baseball. And do you want to start with your team or my team? We'll start with your team. I didn't give you an option there. Uh, as uh, it was reported yesterday that uh, St. Louis President Bill DeWitt III did an interview. Um, he did. He left open the possibility, Travis, of reinvesting in the MLB roster, but only after subtracting some amount of money in trade. He implied they're near the limit of their financial comfort zone. He's quoted as saying, Look, I think we're always open to improving our club within reason. But, you know, we've already made some big moves. With payroll, it has to be thought of in the context of the whole business, with all the investments we're making in other aspects of the product on the field. So we are making a pretty big push by raising payroll and having revenue somewhat challenged, which, by the way, is a reference to the ongoing Diamond Sports Group bankruptcy, which could impact the local broadcasting deal of Valley Sports Midwest. It's actually quite a commitment. Now, is there a little more room there? It depends on the deal. Hmm. So, um, this isn't a shock, but it hurts to hear. No. I mean, we, we heard from the beginning that they were going to be very tight on the payroll. 
Uh, we also heard that the payroll was going to increase and that uh, we were going to be aggressive yep. to uh, make sure that a disappointing uh, 2023, a wake-up call in a 2023, didn't happen again in 2024. Yep. Uh, this, as far as I'm concerned, is unacceptable. Yep. You say that you're going to be aggressive, and then you are you're done. You, you you get three starting pitchers, and you trade for a reliever, and we're going to wipe our hands, and we're good. We like we're a team. He says later on in this article uh, that it was a shock to the system that he really likes our team right now, and our everyday club is really exciting. Got some young players who you would hope would continue to improve and show as they're up and coming on the pitching front. We realize that our weakest—that's uh, our weakest point for the most part—and that President John Mozeliak addressed those concerns quickly and efficiently. We've st- always stayed competitive, and if you get in that postseason tournament at the end, you got a shot. I feel like we've got a good shot at that. All right, I'm going to try and play devil's advocate here a little bit with you, Travis. Because I think part of the problem is we go back to this, and we've talked about this before entering this offseason, is you can't pinpoint what exactly went wrong last year. Yes, pitching, I will give you. The pitching was bad. But that wasn't the only thing. And we've talked about that. Everyone had a down year last year. Mm -hmm. And until you pinpoint what that issue is, and maybe internally they have. Yeah. You can't go out and start making massive moves because this is a multi-time playoff team. Yeah, but if you say that you're going to be aggressive in the uh, free agent yeah. offseason and you sign a Sonny Gray, okay, I'll give you. That was a good, yeah. a good aggressive signing. But then you go and you pick up a Lance Lynn? Mm-hmm. That's not being aggressive. You wanted to be there. Oh, Kyle Gibson. Oh, well, whoopee do. We should just bring up everybody that wants to play here in St. Louis just because they want to play for us and because they've played from us before. Travis, you're going to hate what I'm going to tell you. You're going to hate this. I think the Cardinals were aggressive this offseason. No Bull one on. signed pitchers faster this offseason than the St. Louis Cardinals did. Yeah, just because they were aggressive in signing aggressive the right people. with signing them. They were aggressive in getting the people they wanted. Now, you can argue that they didn't get the best players, and I will give you that wholeheartedly. But they aggressively went after the people they wanted. Yeah. So, in their mind, they were aggressive. They aggressively went after the players they wanted. Exactly. And And you can say clearly, and I feel with you, that they did not get the right people. Yeah, and I think that's where lies the problem is that they they feel like in their delusional minds, the same guys that said that we have uh, six starting pitchers last year didn't work out, Mm -hmm. and we ended up being sellers at the trade deadline, Mm -hmm. and we ended up finishing in last place in a weak NL Central and whatnot, and now they're saying the same stuff again that, okay, we, we did what we set out to do. We got three starting pitchers. We filled those holes. And whatnot. But I just, I don't know how you look at this roster and just kind of be done with what you've already, what you've already done. 
I think um, the other thing, Travis, um, is the fact of that, as they mentioned in that interview, that, well, first of all, yes, you were sellers, but what did you sell at the trade deadline? Pitching. Pitching, which is your one weakness. Mm-hmm. You went into this offseason with a plethora of outfield talent you needed to get rid of, and you got rid of one. Mm-hmm. Two, if you want to say uh, Placo. Placius. Yeah, whatever. Still, you're at two. You still have a backlog of outfielders. Yeah. You still have more outfielders than you have positions to play them. Mm-hmm. So that's a problem. Especially if you're wanting to go all in and be like, young talent is where we're heading with a couple of veterans. Then the young talent have to have at-bats. They have to have time in the field in order to develop. Yeah. There's us also something, Travis, that I think is very, very telling in that interview. And what he said was, and I want to make sure I, I get this right. It has to be thought of in the context of the whole business with all of the investments we're making in other aspects of the product on the field. Right now, Travis, the St. Louis Cardinals and development partner Cordish Coes still have their eye on adding another residential tower in Ballpark Village, but financial conditions mean that there's no timetable for starting the project. This was posted back in October. Bill DeWitt said in an interview last Thursday when this article was published that the Cardinals and Cordish have plans for future expansion of Ballpark Village, the mixed-use development adjacent to Bush Stadium. At the top of the agenda for expansion is the addition of a second residential tower seeking to build off the success of One Cardinal Way, the $120 million, 297-unit apartment tower that opened in 2020, part of the district's $260 million Phase 2 expansion. While bullish on the market opportunity for the second tower, DeWitt said Thursday, the proposed project isn't imminent due to inflation that raised construction costs, but subsequent interest rates increased by Federal Reserve meant to address the problems. Travis, it's Ballpark Village. It's the investments off the field that now they're facing the backlash from due to the makeup of the economy. Yeah, that is I mean, tightening I, the belt strings. Plus, you throw in the bankruptcy of Diamond Sports Group, which yeah. has them in a lurch, which yeah, is out of I, their control. Yeah, I, I, I will give it that. I, I understand the whole uh, TV rights and stuff with that being in limbo with Bally Sports. So, and, and I don't follow them for that. Yes, you can't make a big move because you don't know where your rights are going and what's happening with them. So you can't. You can't. You know, look at your budget and say, okay, we're getting this much in rights fee coming in. Because you don't know when that could change like that. So you have to be a little cautious. Then you have this upgrade in Ballpark Village that they planned on 2020. That they had budgeted. That they had planned out. That they still haven't been able to start yet. Well, eventually they have to start on it. Because you only have, you know, you pull the construction and everything like that, and all of the permits for a certain amount of time before you have to start working on it. Otherwise, you got to go refile all the permits. There's a lot of stuff going on off the field that I think is affecting the Cardinals. I do think that they made poor decisions. 
but I also don't think it is 100% their fault. I'll say they'll blame the rest at 95%, but I will not say 100 And 95% is still a lot. It is. 100% it is. So, great. Upgrades to a ballpark village. That's what's holding our team uh, back. Yeah, to get more apartments. Cool. More apartments, Travis. Very well. You want apartments there, don't you? Thumbs up, yes. What it costs to live in an apartment at Ballpark Village is more than I make in, like, six months. Oh, yeah. So... Six months. Try like a year. Like a, I was trying to be. I know you were trying to be nice. I appreciate, but let's be honest. That, I mean, it's a lot of money of. to live there. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money per month. Yeah. Crazy. Right. Crazy. But I still think that it's uh, unacceptable, and it's unacceptable, and the only way that we're going to change this is by not being ranked in the top five in attendance next year. We're number four in attendance last year, and we all know that's not going to happen. And it should. It should. If we ha- if we are crap again, we're in last place in the Central again by June. Stop going. Stop going to the games. Stop going to Bush Stadium. But it's not going to happen. It should. I trust me. I said it for two years about Chicago. But how long? Because that's the only on that's the only tickets? thing that will change. I don't think it's as long as the Cubs. I don't think it's as long as the Cubs either. But it's still a long time. It's not like I can decide today to become a Cardinal season ticket holder and just get them for this upcoming season. Yeah, I don't know. I've never tried for that. I just – and it's still something to do in St. Louis. It's still something on a summer day to go do on the weekend. It, As much as in a perfect world, yes, it would make sense. But, Travis, as we've seen – now, this is, of course, going extreme lengths, and I'm I, I'm not saying this is going to happen. But fans quit showing up in Oakland, and what happened? It didn't make them change the product. It just made them get out. Well, but that's the real that's the real wake-up call. It's not the bad last-pace finish. The real wake-up call is, wow, okay, people aren't showing up anymore. So, Obviously, they're not happy with uh, what they're watching on the field because what I want on June 13th to go out in St. Louis on a Thursday at 115 in the scorching hot sun is to watch uh, us battle with Pittsburgh for fourth and fifth place in the NL Central. But that's you, and you're a diehard fan. They're still going to pull in casuals. They're not going to sit out in the heat and watch a last-place team. Travis, he did last year. He still finished fourth in the league in attendance. I know. That's and that why team we was shouldn't. done in the first two months. Yeah. But, of course, we we all know, and all Cardinal fans all know that they've been to games and whatnot, and they say that there's 40,000 people there. And right. There's right. really not. It's tickets sold. Tickets and all sold. That. that doesn't mean people Bologna. show up. Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's, here's what I think could be worse, Travis. I, I think that's actually a good scenario if you are a Cardinal fan, is that you go into the season and it falls flat on its face in the first two months and the season's over. The worst thing is you go into the season and somehow the offense figures it out. Everything they missed last year, they got it now. It clicks. And you make the playoffs and win the Central without doing anything. Then your GM and your owner can go, look, see, we told you we were right. Exactly. Don't doubt us. And then you're looking at another five years of nothing happening in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it 
keeps working. Yeah. And last year wasn't the start of a trend. It was a blip on the map. Right. I mean, that's I've, the worst case scenario. I mean, I, I've, uh, I've said for years that, you know, the Cardinals seem to have a player here and there that comes along uh, that just exceeds expectations. And uh, they're like, okay, look, we don't have to make any big yep. moves. We don't have to make any big splash free agents or uh, to go out and make any big trades because the people in our system can uh, yep. still be serviceable yep. and that could ultimately be detrimental to uh, what we have. But yep. um, it's a gift and a curse there, I guess. Yep. But uh, I, I still think that you, you promised us that payroll would, would go up the last two seasons and that you were going to be aggressive this offseason and then you're going to sign three pitchers and trade for a reliever and be done. Ah, job. Job well done. They were aggressive in getting the guys they wanted. Ah, let's just put our feet up. We're done. You can't help it that the guys you want ah. and the guys they wanted don't match up. What time is my tea time on the golf course? That's right. We'll see you at spring training. We'll see ya. Stop by the Cardinal Caravan on <laughs> Sunday. Help the Mattoon. <laughs> That's right. Maybe you can ask questions of the people there and see what they think. Yeah. I won't get to talk to Mozeliak until later on. Yeah, yeah. Ask him some hard-hitting questions. Oh, yeah, of course. Can't wait for that. You'll have to give us a report on that Exclusive interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to this podcast. They won't invite us to alumni or uh, affiliate day. (sighs) So. Nah. That... That's it as far as the Cardinals. I'll I'll let you suffer after after that. I'll I'm gonna ream in on my team. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess as much as I give a hard time to the Cardinals, at least they've done something. At least you signed somebody and didn't claim 14 catchers. <laughs> That's true. Like us. But Travis, a report came out. A report came out from Jim Bowden, who said that the Cubs have made significant offers to Jordan Montgomery, Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, and Reese Hoskins. Significant offers. Hmm. And I read the headline for that, and I thought, yes. Here we go. We're in. And we're considered a finalist for Imaga. For Shoda. Mm-hmm. Okay? We're in. He has to make a decision by Thursday. It's turning around. Patience was the key. Patience is what it needed. Mm-hmm. But let's unpack this a little bit. Because all the report says is significant offers. Now, if we assume that these were actual, legit offers, which all it says is significant offers, and these offers would be available to be accepted, I don't think they'd still be on the table. I think Mm. we'd have a signing by this point. The fact we haven't makes me think that it's not significant offers and that they're not being legitimately looked at by the players. Mm -hmm. The thing thing too is I don't think the Cubs are making a serious legitimate offer, serious offer to four of the biggest remaining free agents all at once. Right. That doesn't seem in the realm of possibility. It makes me think that maybe they were dipping their toes in one, dipping their toes in the other, dipping their toes in. Oh, we're out on this one. So now we're going to move to this guy. Oh, we're out on him. Now we're going to move over here. And through a collective report, which we found out this offseason, that the MLB reporters who are reporting on free agents are just doing a great job this year. They are really nailing it down. (laughs) Everyone who has a social media account and can get in front of MLB TV is suddenly a reporter. So let's 
look at that. Uh, Adam Schefter and uh, Woj, they're not. Yes, yes. Here's the other thing, Travis, that makes me question all of this. Those four players, Travis. Mm-hmm. Cody Bellinger, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman, Reese Hoskins. What do they all have in common? What do they all have in common? They're all Scott Boris clients. Oh. So you know he's going to run to the first person he can find and say, hey, do you know the Cubs made a significant offer on these four of my clients? I just, just want to let you know. Hmm. Because that's what he does. Yeah. As much as we all hate Scott Boris, he's very good at playing the media to get the most for his clients. He is. So, assuming that this reporter, who is um, uh, Bowden, who's mm-hmm. been iffy all winter long with his reporting, didn't misspeak, he probably heard this from the side of Scott Boris. And, Travis, we talked over the offseason before everything happened that Boris and the Cubs front office don't get along. Yeah, no. That they wanted to kind of steer clear of any Scott Boris clients. Mm-hmm. So the Cubs have made a significant offer to Boris clients, but haven't been aggressive enough to close on signing those Boris clients. Yeah. Is that where we're at right now? Because if so, then we might as well just kind of stand pat and just say we're good at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of all of this. Yeah, I agree. Because to me, it sounds like you actually want to get... It sounds like Boris is using the Cubs to get his players what they want, which is not to play for Chicago. The only one out of those four I would say legitimately probably wants to play for Chicago is Cody Bellinger. Because he's said that since the beginning. He wanted to come back. Yeah. He's the only one who I feel legitimately wants to play. The rest of them, I think they're using Chicago because Cubs fans are getting desperate. Mm-hmm. Scott Boris, very smart man, knows this. If he can throw the Cubs names out there a couple times, the fan base will go, oh, we're getting this guy. And then when we don't get this guy, we can go, oh, Henry let us down again. Yeah. Couldn't close the deal again. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. And then he can go to the Cubs and say, do you really want to talk to me about this client now? You want to talk to me about him? Because your fan base is pretty upset. Yeah. You may want to sign somebody soon. Mm-hmm. He's very good. Yeah. So. Sneaky guy. I. It's a big game of chicken between Jed Hoyer and Scott Boris. And neither one of them wants to give. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of being a fan that's just hanging out in the middle of all this. Right. It's annoying. Kind of being a, a tool. Yes. In a game between yep. the two billionaires. Yep. It's really annoying. Billionaire and a millionaire. I don't know how much Scott Boris is worth. I mean, oh, he, he has to. Now, <laughs> Travis, there's one guy that the Cubs have not been linked to that I really wish the Cubs were linked to. Oh, yeah. Jorge Soler. I think if you can't get Cody Bellinger, I think Soler is a great upgrade at DH for the Chicago team as a left-handed power bat. Mm-hmm. Former Cub. We'll go the Cardinal route. We'll bring in former players who may be past their prime a little bit. But one of those players I mentioned, Travis, that uh, the Cubs are supposedly in on is Mr. Jordan Montgomery. Ah. 
But if I'm Jordan Montgomery, Travis, I just got an offer that I don't know if I could refuse. What's that? A Texas restaurant is doing what it can to persuade free agent pitcher Jordan Montgomery to stay with the Texas Rangers. Because Hort Ado, as in tornado, but Hurt Hortado mm-hmm. Barbecue is offering Montgomery free barbecue for life if he stays in Arlington. Nice. The owner said in a social media video over the weekend that the offer is totally serious. Travis, we're talking Texas barbecue. <laughs> for for life. life. Yeah. I'm going back to Texas. That's a hard one to pass up. Especially since Montgomery would like to re-sign with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Easy. I'm going to get free barbecue for the rest of my life. <laughs> now, if it's just him, or can he pass it off to someone else? I'm sure it's or... his family, him and yeah. his family. And I'm guessing that this it's restaurant has more than just barbecue. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to be able to eat free for life at this restaurant. Nice. I'm going. It's a hard deal to pass up. Yes. <laughs> Again, we're talking Texas barbecue. We're not talking, you know... Seattle barbecue. No offense to Seattle because you have good food, but I don't know about your barbecue. Barbecue's not much to be desire, I think so. Oh, Travis, this Coffee. place is the home for Tex-Mex barbecue, it says. Tex-Mex. A little Tex, a little Mex, and a whole lot of darn good barbecue. Hmm. That's that's what I'm talking about right there. <laughs> Got multiple locations in Texas. Oh, yeah. Two pounds of brisket. How about two pounds of spare ribs? Two pounds of pulled pork. Four sausage links. Twelve tortillas. Wow. We are in Texas. Let's throw in some tortillas there. Well, yeah, Tex-Mex. I love it. I love it. I'm I'm signing with the I'm signing with the Rangers. I am now a Rangers fan for life. Hmm. If I can if I if I can have this, you know, I have something called a Texas Twinkie, Travis, which is a bacon wrapped jumbo jalapeno stuffed with brisket. Cream cheese and pimento cheese. Nice. Oh, sounds like a bellyache. Anyways, they also have pies. Oh, yeah. Arlington and Fort Worth. I'm signing. Mm. Alrighty, let's do pick them. All right, I'm too far away. That's okay. We don't. We, it's one game. You picked uh, Michigan. Uh, I picked Washington. You win. So you now have 129 points. I have 128 points, Travis. So you're ahead on me by points. By one point as we head into NFL playoff time. Nice. Um, Record-wise, you are at 98 and 67. I am at 104 and 61. Mm. So I have the the lead in the records. Speaking of which, by the way, 41 days till the Daytona 500. Mm. Ready for that? It's time that countdown. Yep. So we will do pick them again on Friday. And uh, Scott Boris is worth 450 million. Oh yeah, he's fine. He's fine. But, I mean, I was right by saying billionaire versus millionaire. Well, Jed Hoyer's probably not a billionaire. Wow. Travis going to look it up while I tell you about this day in sports history. Yeah, let's go to that. Okay. So, first we'll do yesterday. Yesterday, in 1955, Georgia Tech ended Kentucky's NCAA record 129-game home win streak. Hmm. That's a big win streak. January 8th, 2000, Travis, we had... The Music City Miracle, as the Titans beat the Bills on a last-second come-from-behind kickoff return. The turn featured several laterals, including a controversial one from Frank Wycheck that was dangerously close to an illegal forward pass, but the refs did not call it 
Tennessee got the win. January 8th, 2011, Travis, Marshawn Lynch erupted for the Beast Quake. A 6-7-yard rushing touchdown that helped the 7-9 Seahawks win a wildcard game against the defending Super Bowl champion Saints, 41-36. Seattle fans' celebration is so loud and ruckish that it registered a seismograph as a minor earthquake. Nice. That was the one where he broke like 18 tackles or whatever on his way to the end zone. Yeah, definitely. That was when the world, the world was first found out about Marshawn Lynch. Mm. And his love of Skittles. <laughs> uh, January 8th, 2012, Tim Tebow averages 15.05 yards per attempt in NFL playoff record and completes an 80-yard touchdown to Demarius Thomas on the first play from scrimmage in overtime, giving the Broncos a 29-23 win over the Steelers. Mm. And finally, January 8th, 2018, coming off the bench for struggling quarterback Jalen Hurts, backup quarterback Tua Tongvailoa makes a name for himself, leading Alabama back from 13 points down to win the national championship in overtime, Versus Georgia. Are those two going to be linked together forever, do you think, Travis? Yeah. Hurts and, and uh, Tongvailoa, who do you think's ahead right now? It's got to be Hurts because he won a Super Bowl, right? He went to a Super Bowl. Eagles didn't win that year? <sighs> I thought he won because he got a big contract extension. I mean, he won the MVP. He won right? the MVP. That's right. I, I would say Hurts is ahead, but not by much. Tua's injuries have really hurt him. But he's had a pretty good year this year. Yeah, pretty good was year. Was having a good year last year until he got injured. All right. We'll move on to today while Travis looks that up. Yeah, I mean, he's only been with the uh, – no. Okay. Hurts lost that Super Bowl. Uh, January 9th, 1972, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and the Bucks break the Lakers' 33-game winning streak. January 9th, 1996, Toronto established an NBA record, Travis, as they became the first team ever to not hit a foul shot during the course of a game. Hmm. Now, they did go 0 of 3 from the line, so it's not like they had a whole lot of opportunities. But still, not a single free throw made. January 9th, 2012, Alabama beat LSU 21-0, the BCS championship game, a rematch from the regular season meeting that the Tigers had won 9-6 in Tuscaloosa. So Alabama gets revenge. Wins the BCS title game. I remember that. January 9th, 2016, the Steelers win 18-16 in a wild finish that saw the Bengals get penalized twice on one play, one for unnecessary roughness and the other for unsportsmanlike conduct on Adam Jones, which set up the Steelers' game-winning field goal with 18 seconds left. Mm, yep. January 9th, 2016, USC beat number 7 Arizona 103-101 in four overtimes. Four overtimes. Four OTs. Let's do two games tonight. Yeah. And finally, on this day in 2017, in Alabama-Clemson 2, a rematch for the national championship, it was Clemson this time securing the win with a late touchdown from Deshaun Watson to wide receiver Hunter Renfro. And that does it for your sports history. Hunter Renfro. Yep. Nice. Yep. Nice name. I always forget he went to Clemson. Hmm. I also forget he's a football player because I just think of baseball when I think of Hunter Renfro, and I don't know why. Is there a Hunter that was a baseball player? I want to say there was Hunter Renfro, yeah. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Decade before or something. Back when I when I watched sports. Back in my day. I mean, they're spelled differently. Are they? Well, there you go. Learn something new.
Yeah. Yep. Uh, Hunter Renfro, spelled with a W on the uh, football side. Hunter Renfro, E. Gotcha. Is the spelling Common, for the baseball. I'm sure that's an easy mistake to make. Plays for the Royals now. Oh, no wonder I haven't heard of him in a while. I mean, there look at all the teams he's played for. There you go, Immaculate Grid Helper. Play <laughs> under Renfro for the Royals. Padres, Rays, Red Sox, Brewers, our Angels, I remember him and on the, Brewers. the Reds there last year. But there you go. Free agent, Travis, you should look into signing him, maybe. We're done, dude. We're <laughs> we done. Can't afford him. Can't, can't afford, him. afford him. Can't afford him. Payroll's going up, but yep. we can't afford him. No, too much. Putting in a new apartment in Ballpark Village. <laughs> Sorry. That's what well, you We're don't know is they're actually out. putting into Wits penthouse there at Ballpark Village. That's why it's costing so much. Probably. <laughs> so he can oversee the team. Even his house is just gonna be looking down inside Bush Stadium. Which is kinda weird now that I'm thinking about it. Like we're putting in an Arby's in the apartments. Nice. You wonder where the your DeWitt's, money's going. The Wits apparently have their hands in franchises yeah. for Arby's. You you wonder where your money's but going. I haven't seen an Arby's in a five mile radius of the ballpark. I'm just so. saying, Travis. We went through the same thing when we upgraded Wrigley. When we upgraded all of that around Wrigley, we couldn't uh, suddenly pay for any of the players, and that's when we had to get rid of Bryant and Rizzo and everyone was because we were doing upgrades to everything around Wrigleyville. So mm. cool. Just saying, this is what happens. Cool. So we're not going to be able to uh, sign uh, Goldie to an extension because we got to put in those apartments. Yes. Unless Goldie wants to live in one of the apartments, then maybe you can make a deal. Get for a it. discount, maybe. Yeah. Get we're still going to build them, but. Well, yeah, but once he, when, you know, once they're built, he can, uh, he can move in. First and last months on the house. Goldschmidt does not look like an apartment guy. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. Wide open spaces, country <laughs> type of guy. Away from the city and yes. the noise. Yes. <laughs> Type of guy. I agree with that. But All right, all so right. Uh, that'll do it. I'm tired of talking about the poorly run organization that is the St. Louis Cardinals, the leadership that we have. It's great. I want to remember this when the Cardinals win the title this year. <laughs> yeah, right. But we'll see in a couple months, I guess. The worst division in baseball, Travis. Everyone's got a shot at it. It's true. Definitely true. All right. So we'll get out of here. Thanks for listening. and Thanks for downloading. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Peace out. Peace out.